Hi, this is Courtney Drake McDonough. I'm the publisher and managing editor of the online culinary travel magazine, realfoodtraveler.com. And welcome back to another Real Podcast. On today's podcast, we're talking apples, specifically the Gravenstein apple and its festival, which happens every August. And a bigger picture, we're going to be talking about the agricultural scene in Sonoma County, California, which is more than just vineyards and the wine that comes from them. And my guest today is Carmen Snyder, who's the executive director of Sonoma County Farm Trails and the manager of the Gravenstein Apple Festival, which this year happened August 17th and 18th in 2019. So Carmen, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So give us a little background on the Gravenstein Apple and why it is worthy of its own festival. So the Gravenstein Apple is a very unique apple. Um, It's the earliest um, harvested apple. So it comes in in the late summer, and it is only available um, for about six weeks. So it's got a, a, you know, short harvest season, and um, hence that's why our apple fair is always in August when when the Gravensteins are ripe and delicious. And the Gravenstein itself has actually um, been put on the Slow Food Arc of Taste as a heritage heirloom uh, variety. And the renowned horticulturalist Luther Burbank said that if there could only be, I'm paraphrasing, but he said if there could only be one apple, um, he would choose the Gravenstein because of its flavor profile and its um versatility. So it's an amazing apple for just eating straight off the tree. It juices beautifully. It makes fabulous applesauce, wonderful apple pies, apple fritters. Um, And more recently, especially in Sonoma County, um, the Gravensteins are being utilized as a value-added crop to make hard cider. It it makes a wonderful hard cider. What what color is the apple? You know, it's it also varies that way. It can be um, a little on the um, green to yellow side, and it's quite a beautiful apple. It's kind of small and a little funky looking, um, and it's got these lovely striations, uh, which is how you can kind of um, know that you have a Gravenstein in hand, these kind of wavy stripes that are red to orange. Okay. And in like in our grocery store, they'll with the different apples, they'll give a little description, you know, more tart, more sweet, whatever. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the Gravenstein apple? I would say it's a perfect combination of both tart and sweet. Okay. And it's got some crunch to it, you know, it's not a mushy apple. Um and the Gravenstein was super popular here um, and, and grows and thrives in Sonoma County particularly. Like there are many regions where you cannot grow Gravensteins, and Sonoma County happens to be one of them because of our cool, foggy mornings, um, the soils here, the influence from the uh, Pacific Coast. So it's very similar to Pinot Noir in that way um, in terms of the, the growing conditions and, um, but it's, it, like I said, it's very particular micro, micro climates that will um, allow the Gravenstein to flourish. And um, so that's another unique thing about Sonoma County is that we've used to have just a ton of Gravensteins. Actually, the main highway that runs through Sebastopol is called the Gravenstein Highway. Hmm. 
And um, when the global food scene started to change and say the, the, the um, Golden Delicious or the, um, you know, the, these beautiful big um, red apples came on the market and were able to be shipped across the country and internationally, um, the Gravenstein started to decline a little bit because it doesn't travel well. So it's, mm. it's kind of finicky that way too. It doesn't have great um, shelf life for, uh, for travel. And also people started to favor fruits that were more perfect looking. I'm putting that in quotes. Um, and not recognizing uh, necessarily the, the, the beauty of the funkiness of the Gravenstein. <clears throat> Although it's interesting to note that during World War One, the Gravenstein, most of the Gravensteins in Sonoma County, uh, my understanding is, were harvested and dried because they also dry well and were shipped to the troops. Hmm. Interesting. I, I'm glad to see that, that funkier-looking produce is becoming, and, and I'm doing air quotes here, in vogue, um, and I yeah. hate to use that expression, but, you know, heirloom tomatoes with all their misshapenness and, you know, and, and melons and things like that. So they I'm, taste I'm just as delicious. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I think it makes them, um, you know, more, more interesting to eat because they are unique, like people are unique. You yeah. Know? Everything's different. Um, so you you mentioned that they're they're a little bit too fragile sometimes to ship. So does that mean we can't get the Gravenstein apple outside of California? I'm pretty much you can't. I think that there are um, a couple of places where it grows in New England, and um, maybe you know I've heard of a few trees up in Oregon, but I mean it is largely a Sonoma County phenomenon, which is part of um, why it's so. Um, celebrated in Sonoma County because it's just part of our um, agricultural heritage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe, I mean, we have some farmers <laughs> who will ship boxes, um, but in terms of like, you know, mass shipping to grocery stores, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. I, you mentioned cider and I want to, um, before we talk about the festival, I want to ask a, a question about that because here in Colorado where I live, um, there's a, a cider maker, and I'll give a little shout out to Haken Family Cidery, um, because I interviewed them, and th the very interesting thing with them is that they don't do blends of apples, because they feel that certain apples, certain heritage apples, just have such an amazing flavor um, that they don't want to change that, you know, with, with merging it with other apples necessarily or doing things like adding chili flavor or, you know, other things that are sort of trendy right now. Um, so when when cider is made from the Gravenstein apple in, in California, do they typically just use the apple because it has such a wonderful flavor? Or, I mean, is is it the kind of apple that cider-wise can stand on its own? It It certainly can stand on its own and um you know we have um a ton of craft cider producers now and i'll just as a side note i'll tell you that at the 2012 gravenstein apple fair we had the launch of the first craft cider sonoma county 
um, business at the Apple Fair. And so we had one craft cider producer. And mm-hmm. at this year's Apple Fair, we had we now we now have a whole dedicated craft cider tent. Mm-hmm. And there were eighteen local producers, local wow. craft cider makers. So it's it's a um, an industry that is um, flourishing here, and it's part of the way that um, these um, new farmers and you know fourth generation family farmers are able to. Um, to add value and an additional revenue stream to their farming practices. And it's wildly popular and it's gluten-free. And so it's, you know, some of them make straight-up grab ciders and some add other heirloom um, apples like pippins and, um, you know, there, there are many combinations that exist. And I love a straight-up Grabenstein cider too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, when I was in Sonoma County um, visiting a, a couple months ago, earlier this summer, um, people kept talking about the Gravenstein apple and the the festival. And am I saying it was it the festival or fair? How do you how do you title it? Um, it's the Gravenstein Apple Fair. Fair. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So people kept saying you got to come back for it because it's amazing. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to come back. Well, hopefully next year. <laughs> yeah, it's right. There's there's always next year, and I do hope to make it back for that. But what people kept telling me was it's a fair like no other. It isn't just a typical county fair. It isn't you know just sort of a yuppie thing. It's just so unique and so special. So that really really made me want to want to go, uh-huh. and which is why one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you for our podcast because I wanted to know you know what what is so unique about this fair so so give us give us the rundown of what it's like okay so um this year was the forty sixth annual Gravenstein Apple Fair, so I think that's a unique thing in itself yeah. is that it's been happening since nineteen seventy three it was started as the annual fundraiser for Sonoma County Farm Trails, which is a nonprofit that works to support local farmers. And we really try to um, maintain our agricultural roots and connect the dots for people. It's not a for-profit event. It's not just entertainment. There are no jumpy houses or bouncy castles and um cotton candy it's it's really deeply rooted in the agricultural traditions of Sonoma County so for instance we have a venue that we call life on the farm arena where um, we have amazing programming um, all day long both days where you can learn from local farmers and producers and experts um and get a glimpse into life on the farm. So, for instance, um, we have sheep shearing demos. We have uh, goat milking demos where you can watch a, a goat being milked by hand and even try your hand at it, come up and um, see the animals and touch them. Uh, we have experts um, who are teaching about how to keep backyard chickens or how to keep goats in your backyard. We have beekeepers with um with live hives on site, demonstration hives, so you can see um, the uh, what a honeybee hive looks like and talk to all these um, incredible beekeepers about their methods and practices. Um, so that's one element is that you, you truly get a, a feel for the agricultural underpinnings um, in Sonoma County. Another piece 
is that we have extraordinary farm-to-table food because we're so blessed in Sonoma County uh, with the bounty of what can and is what can be and is produced here. So the food vendors are just stellar. So the the meals that you're going to get are amazing. The libations are all um, from Sonoma County producers. So of course we're known for our fabulous wines. Um, we have, and to me. I mean, this is maybe one of the best kept secrets of the fair, although if you get to the fair, you realize it, that you're buying um, a world-class glass of wine for $6 that in a restaurant you would be paying, for some of them, you know, between 14 and $24. Wow. That you get, um, you really get to experience and taste the flavors of Sonoma County. And then I mentioned, of course, the craft cider tents. Uh, we also have a venue called the Artisan Tasting Lounge where we have local producers come in with everything from, um, you know, olive oil tastings from olives that they, um, that they grow and produce here to seaweed that's harvested to oysters um, to charcuterie. And then, of course, Sonoma County is also known for <clears throat> amazing cheeses. Um, so in the Artisan Tasting Lounge, you can meet the producers, you can learn a little bit about their process, um, you get little bites and sips um, of their products. So it's a, it's a way to really viscerally um, engage with the flavor and the bounty of, of what's produced in Sonoma County. Mm, that sounds wonderful. How, how much space does the, fest, the um, fair take up? Oh my, I should know that. <laughs> we take over. We have the sweetheart deal with Ragel Ranch Park in Sebastopol. It's um, a regional park and it's um, got these gorgeous, huge old oak trees and some open meadows. So there's a lot of oak shade. Um, the vendors set up under the oaks. Our venues are nestled under the oaks. Um, and then we also have some, some big open spaces and the founders of Farm Trails actually helped to create the park. So um, we have this lovely relationship where we get to host the Apple Fair every year under these just magnificent old trees. And we're the only event that takes place in this park. Hmm. And I will, I will learn that one for the future, but it's, <laughs> um, it's quite a big footprint. I mean, people are surprised. They sometimes, um, they're, you know, meandering through the park and they don't even realize there's a whole second, um, wing that they haven't even explored yet. Wow. Because we've got, so we have live music on two stages, um, that alternates on the hour. We have, like I said, the life on the farm arena. We have a do it yourself arena where you can learn from the experts about how to, um, make things at home in a low tech way. Like for instance, this year we had Peter Coyote come in and teach folks how to make jam at home. Hmm. Um, and we had one of our farmers teach them how to make, um, goat milk soap. Mm -hmm. And we had a fiber artist teach people how to use, um, natural materials for, uh, dyeing fiber. Oh, so they're, they're, uh, numerous venues, and there are over, let's see, we had this year about 120 vendors. So we also have amazing artists and crafters that come in to um, sell their handmade wares. And it's a juried show, so we really have a high bar. We want, it, it's not a, um, 
global import sort of fair. It's it's uh, folks that are actually making um, their crafts, be it jewelry or ceramics, or this year, one of my new favorites is we had um, a woman there making um, old-fashioned brooms. Hmm. So is um, is it the kind of thing where you could take it all in in one day, or do people typically come back? You know, you would be hard-pressed to see everything in one day, and most people are surprised about that, and many come back for the second day because it, they find it so delightful. It's uplifting. It's beautiful. Um, one of our local flower growers provides us with just tons of these gorgeous flowers that are everywhere, and the ambiance is so sweet, and the offerings are so many that um, we do find that it can be a, a full weekend experience for the whole family. And I should mention, too, there's a really robust um, kids' area mm -hmm. where we have uh, giant bubbles and stilt walkers and sing-alongs and um, arts and crafts. And uh, we also have ag games there, So, um, which was one of the highlights for me this year um, was the piglet race. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I had just expected that they were going to, you know, kind of put the piglets um, at the start line and that they would just run toward the food. But it actually was about a 20-minute uh, uh, <laughs> race because they all got diverted and it was and people were rooting for their various pigs and it was just it was so sweet and and really delightful. Oh, I, I can only imagine this sounds so fun. Um, so I, it's so nice to know that it's under trees and stuff because I, I was picturing your typical fair and festival, you know, on pavement in a parking lot and, you yeah, know, no pavement. Um, oh, sounds lovely. Is, it's a little tricky because it is, you know, kind of uneven ground and I, I did, we always have, uh, gopher spotting each year, but <laughs> you're, you're walking on grass and there is, uh, a bit of a paved trail through the park, just a little mm -hmm. sidewalk. Um, but yeah, there are lots of, um, picnic benches and we bring in tons of straw bales for seating as well. Mm. Well, it sounds really charming. And what, what's the, um, typical admission fee? The admission fee at the gate is $15 for adults and, uh, 12 for seniors and 10 for kids. Okay. And if you buy tickets in advance, um, locally, you can get them at, we have a wonderful local bookstore called Copperfields that has many, many, um, storefronts around the county. Um, and we have a local grocery store, Oliver's Market, which also sells our tickets in advance and a, a farm supply store, Harmony, that, that sells tickets as well. And in advance, we offer the historic prices from, I mean, I think the, you know, we've kept the price down to what it was in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, in advance, you can get adult tickets for 12 and kids tickets for seven. Okay. okay. So we want to keep it. Um, I mean, our costs rise every year to produce the event. It's a, it's quite an expensive endeavor. Yeah. And we don't want to, we still want it to be affordable um, for our community. So even though it's our primary annual fundraiser, we also feel like we are in a way subsidizing this event for the community. Right. And we rely on a lot of um, community sponsors to help us do that. And we're, we're so grateful for all of the support that we get. Mm -hmm. Well, sounds wonderful. And, and so you don't have two, two uh, 2020s 
dates yet, but but it is August, right? Um, yeah, for sure year. it will be August, either the second or the third weekend, and we're going to make a decision about that really soon. Okay. Because, like I said, it's such a short season that um, obviously we um, are having the Apple Fair in the peak of the season, and that, that tends to be the peak. Right. Okay. Um, so that leads into then um, the Sonoma County Farm Trails. So tell okay. us what that is. Sure. So Farm Trails was started back in 1973 by a group of forward-thinking farmers who um, wanted to connect the public with the producers. So back in 1973, this is, of course, before farmers' markets. It's before the Internet and before folks could really sell directly easily to uh, restaurants and groceries. There wasn't... um, my understanding is that the distribution laws um, made that quite difficult. So this group of farmers in Sonoma County who all had farm stands got together and decided to create a map plotting all the farm stands on the county, in the county, on the map, and giving some detail about the address, the hours of operation, and what they had to offer. And so that's how Farm Trails got started, and I think they were really um, – pioneers of the modern local food movement because they wanted people to connect with their farmers and they realized that for farmers to be most viable, they needed to have um, those direct outlets. And of course, the technology has changed, the landscape has changed, farmers markets took off in a huge way in the 80s. And so um, with that, Farm Trails has kind of adapted our model as well. So for instance, Whereas back in 1973, 100% of our farmers had farm stands that were open to the public. Now, I would say the majority of our farmers go to market. They sell to restaurants directly. They sell to grocery stores. um, And they don't – it doesn't make sense for them to staff up and keep a farm stand open every day of the week. Um, So what we've done to to find an – elegant solution, I think, to that, is that Farm Trails has started to create seasonal tours that we curate where our members who aren't always open to the public will open up just for the weekend. So we have one in the fall that's been happening since the um, late 80s called Weekend Along the Farm Trails, and then a sister event that we've started about 10 years ago Uh, that happens in the spring at the very beginning of the season called Blossoms, Bees, and Barnyard Babies. Mm -hmm. And so during those events, um, they're two-day weekends, and um, the farmers open their barnyard gates and doors and invite the public to come onto their farm to visit the farm, to connect with the animals, to see what the equipment looks like, to see what their... Um, how they manage their soil. And a lot of the farmers will give, well, they all give tours, and a lot of them will um, also offer workshops and demonstrations. And, of course, they sell their products too. And, the, you know, Farm Trail's mission, our boiled-down mission is Farms Forever. We're really focused on keeping farmers viable in Sonoma County. And so part of it is to um, promote and market all of the farmers in the county, the small, diverse family farms and what they're doing. And the other wing is that we 
simultaneously want to educate the public about the importance of supporting local food systems and about the, you know, so that they understand the, the true cost of well-grown food. And these tours are a great way to do that because they get to connect directly with their producers. Hopefully they purchase from them. They create lifelong relationships. They start to recognize, hey, you know, they're at a restaurant and, oh, these eggs came from Sing Frog Farm or this is the um, olive oil from Montevillaria that I just visited. And so they have a deeper relationship with their food and appreciation of it. And, um, you know, it's one thing to meet a farmer in a farmer's market, and that's amazing. You get recipes, you get, a, a, you get to ask them questions, you get a sense of their practices, and it's a whole other level of um, transparency and relationship to, to actually be on the farm and see what it's like. And that is life-changing for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And in this day and age, it's so important to to really understand and celebrate and nurture along, um, you know, local U.S. farms because, you know, the new generations aren't sticking with it like they used to. And, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's that's really wonderful. Um, you, you mentioned um, the fall and the winter. Um, I hear you also have a holiday along the farm trails. That is true. So we have an extended um, um, initiative in the that goes from uh, November through the end of the year, and it's called Holidays Along the Farm Trails. Mm-hmm. And through that, um, basically our goal is that we want people to know all of the um, foods and products that are available to them for um, creating fabulous holiday feasts and also for shopping for their holiday gifts. And so we have kind of a rolling tour. It's even more self-directed because it's not just one weekend. It's spread over a couple of months. But we have this interactive um, website link where you can see what everybody's offering and you can just chart your own adventure um, to visit the farms and to source locally. And truly in Sonoma County, you can practically source your whole holiday meal from the butter, the olive oil, the meat, the cheese, the olives, the wine, the cider, the produce um, through our farmers. And we encourage people to do that because that's, there's a, just in my own personal life, when I sit down to my dinner table and I know where all of my food comes from and I know the farmers who grew it, 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 it enriches the experience. It feels better in my body. I feel more <coughs> integrated in my community and um, it's it's a whole other level of um, of community and communing mm-hmm. at the table. That's a beautiful way to put it. That's that's really wonderful. Um, I, I take it with all with all the, the trails, you need a car, right, you, to get between them all. Well, Sedona County is a pretty big county, uh-huh. so um, generally, I would say that you do, although. We certainly have cyclists as well who will, mm. you know, just kind of pick a little micro um, region at, to cycle through. Mm-hmm. And we always encourage carpooling. And um, I should mention, too, that our tours are free to the public. They're free to our producers. So it's not a money-making event. I mean, we hope that the producers make money um, on their products. But it's really about um, – 
forging those connections and, and providing the space for that. So that's something that Farm Trails incurs all, all the expense of the marketing and advertising and the staff that it takes to facilitate the tours in the hopes that the, um, the producers will thrive and that the public will have this amazing farm experience that's not only um, fun and exciting for the family and beautiful because they're just these, you know, spectacular um, picnic sites even that you have access to, um, but also that they'll be educated, like they can go to it, they can watch how cheese is made um, at the Bohemian Creamery. They often participate in our tours, so you really get a behind-the-scenes look. I think that sounds like a, a dream day to just like make a whole day of it and stopping periodically to eat what you've purchased or take it take it back to your home or your hotel and you know and and enjoy some of the the things you got through the day. I think that sounds just lovely. It it really is, and mm-hmm. um, and it's always so delightful to be out on the trails. And I love what I come home with. It's just like oh, this bag of goodies you know we encourage people to take coolers and baskets mm-hmm. and I will say that when we started tracking the attendance um, about seven years ago for our spring tour we had about 500 attendees um, sign up online and again it's free but we just wanted them to register to kind of have their finger on the pulse of the numbers mm-hmm. and we thought we were like wow that's great and this past spring, in our spring tour, we had 10,000 attendees. Wow. So wow. one thing I know from my time at Farm Trails is that the, um, the public interest in getting out on the farms and connecting with agriculture is growing mm-hmm. tremendously. And I think that's a wonderful sign. We're just thrilled about that. Well, I, I love hearing about this because, you know, somebody who doesn't live in California um, and speaking on behalf of everybody everywhere who can get to California easily, mm-hmm. you know, what what a wonderful way to, to spend your vacation, um, you know, to really get to know the growers um, and to know, you know, the, the wine scene obviously in California is amazing and deserves all of its reputation, but that isn't everything that... Sonoma, you know, is known for and should be known for and to be able to to see it in this unique way and, you know, person to person meet these farmers and, as you said, you know, be on their farms and and enjoy their products. I just think that is such a wonderful way that people don't usually think of um, to to experience a destination. So I, I think this is great. Um, before we go any further with the Gravenstein Apple Fair, um, what is the website for that, and what's the website for the farm tour? Sure. So the Gravenstein Apple Fair website is Gravenstein, which is spelled G-R-A-V-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, GravensteinAppleFair.com. And then the Farm Trails website is FarmTrails.org. Okay, and we'll have those live links for everybody on um, on our website in conjunction with this podcast, for sure. Um, yeah. And we should mention, too, that mm-hmm. um, we have a little airport in Santa Rosa, which is super accessible and low-key, and there are flights, I believe, now to Denver and, um, you know, many towns um, and cities 
Um, and the states now fly directly into Santa Rosa, so you don't even have to go to San Francisco. Well, and you you took the words right out of my mouth, and and good good for you. <laughs> yeah, because we uh, we flew into Sonoma from Colorado, but now more flights are happening all the time. And I noticed Minneapolis flies in, and Dallas, and all up and down the West Coast. Um, and and I'm sure more will be opening up because they are really popular. And that airport is the cutest thing and it's so easy i mean i i could not you walk off the plane on the tarmac and you walk into the building and everything's right there and there is no massive walking or having to look at signs and figure out well where do i go now it's yeah easy peasy and easy parking and i i thought it was fantastic and you you drive out of it and there you are you're just right in the action and yep. I I do I while we didn't get to do the farm trail um I do want to note for everybody that there is no unattractive drive in Sonoma County I mean every road is just gorgeous either you know a canopy of trees overhead or you know peeking through and seeing um, vineyards right there by the side of the mm-hmm. road and it's just so beautiful there so um you know even in between your stops it's it's a treat so that's wonderful um we will give the the link to um all the different air airlines and flights that go in and out of the charles and M. schultz airport and you get to see some peanuts cartoons up on the wall which is fun <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great airport to fly in and out of. It makes, uh, getting to Sonoma super easy. Um, well, I, I think we've covered it all and I just really encourage people to, um, to make reservations to go to the Gravenstein Apple Fair next year. And we'll have, as I said, we'll give you the link. So if you keep up with that, um, you'll know when the next one's coming for, uh, 2020 and for people to partake of the trail, um, fall's coming, that holidays along the farm trails is coming up, which sounds just awesome. Um, so I can't think of a better way to, to go to Sonoma and really experience it in all the best ways. So, Absolutely. And this, yeah, this fall, our weekend along the farm trails is October 13th and 14th, and that is an amazing way to celebrate the harvest. You can pick your own pumpkin. There are corn mazes, and again, not the giant, you know, commercial um, jumpy houses or or the pumpkins that are just trucked in. It's like you pick them off the vine, mm. which is, I think, also a, a rich experience. The, sure. the, and that's one that, that our um, attendees often love is the you-pick experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have to ask you, the, the poster for this year's Gravenstein Apple Fair was yes. the famous Yes We Can woman, and yeah, and then I got a picture of you, that. and you look an awful lot like her. Was that modeled after you? That, not <laughs> deliberately. Um, it was, um, the, the concept was, well, you know, with the centennial of the women's right to vote, and uh, we really wanted to focus on the farmers, and so she's a um, composite of mm-hmm. female farmers, of which I am not, mm-hmm. but I do have long braided hair, so there's a, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's a similarity there, I guess. Okay. Um, and she's got a gravenstein in her hand and then a tattoo on her arm that says Farmers Forever. Okay. Um, and one 
one um, thing that we offered at this year's Apple Fair, we always have at our Life on the Farm Arena um, interview panels with farmers. And um, one day we had five different female farmers being interviewed, and that was one of the highlights of the fair for me, mm-hmm. to hear their stories and their, you know, the eldest was in her 90s, wow. and uh, the youngest was in her late 20s, and they, you know, one was an apple farmer and cider maker, one was a Christmas tree producer from back in the day, and now um, a shepherdess. We have um, a horse rancher woman who also does a lot of fiber arts, a flower farmer, and a vegetable producer. So, and that's a, a uh, we did video that panel, and we'll have that available soon on our website, and it's well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, what you said makes me remember one of the wineries we were at um, where the man who runs it was saying, you know, we're farmers. We're farmers at heart. And just hearing you talk about the the variety of type of farmer who was represented in that panel, I mean, it really does strike you that that there is so much to farming and so many different kinds of farming and what a wonderful way to to understand that and to meet these people face to face and find out what day-to-day life is like I, i think it just sounds so great and it's truly i mean it cannot be understated that it's a labor of love and a true calling and vocation. I mean, we are all eaters and we rely on our farmers and it is, I think the hardest work in the world. And it's obviously very rewarding and satisfying on many levels for them or they wouldn't keep doing it. But it's, um, I think that farmers are heroes that are under, um, celebrated. And that is really part of our goal is to, um, help people understand their tremendous um, dedication and intelligence and passion and and expertise in doing what they do to, to feed our community. Well, beautifully said, beautifully said. I could not have uh, concluded our conversation any better way. Um, Carmen Snyder, thank you again for being our guest. Um, Carmen, oh, my is, pleasure. Uh, Thanks so much. Carmen, again, is the Executive Director of Sonoma County Farm Trails and a manager of the Gravenstein Apple Fair. And um, we really appreciate your time, and I encourage our podcast listeners and realfoodtraveler.com readers to make plans to go to Sonoma soon and experience this, this deeper, um, very, very interesting and necessary side of um, of Sonoma County and of of the whole farm industry. So thank you again. Thanks so much.